Unplanned Trek. Yes, welcome to Unplanned Trek. My name is Isaac. Let's get into the show. Not just Isaac, I'm joined again by my good friend Andrew Hogan. How are you today, Andrew? It's great to be here and it is absolutely fantastic to be talking about my one of my favourite Trek series ever. It's brilliant, isn't it? It's good to have... Um, and this is our first go of Lower Decks here too. It certainly is. Yeah, um, it's um, fun to have a fun Star Trek and not just Riker going off by himself on Riser and, <laughs> you know, that kind of fun episode. And yet... We do get Riker in an episode of Lower Decks. That's true. Look, this yep. this show is Easter egg heaven. This is just Star Trek fan joy from start to finish. It is, isn't it? And unlike other Star Treks that we do here, for me, I've only watched episodes once. Right. So um, I'd, I've watched season one, which this one comes out of. I'd seen this episode when I went through it, but I haven't watched it since I've since I've watched it. So for me, it was a, you know, a little bit of, oh, who's that character? And, oh, did they just do this? Mm. And I really enjoyed that that aspect of it. So it, I think it does a lot of a lot of good things for fans deep into the canon, but it's just fun to watch if you're new to Trek as well. It's such a love letter to the next generation era. Mm -hmm. I mean, the ship, the bridge, the Elkar's computer screens, everything mm. about this show is the, so beautifully done. There was even the chips that they put in the... What are, oh, the they isolinear yeah, chips. They, 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 it was, it, it's, not, um, it's certainly not a spore drive and, or um, the... What are the ones on Voyager, the gel packs? Um, yes, we say binaural. The binaural gel yeah, pack that they just ignored right. after about two seasons because the writers didn't know what they were talking, what they were. And they can't be replenished in the Delta Quadrant too. I think that might have And yet they could replenish shuttles like no one's business. There are, there are holes in Voyager. But let's, let's get into the plot of this show. What happened? The bridge crew went somewhere else to do a different mission and they were replaced by a temporary bridge crew. It was a bit of an exchange uh, went on, a bit of a, bit of a mm. work experience exchange, the point of which was that um, Mariner's best friend from Starfleet Academy comes over. Now, Mariner, of course, as we know, is still an ensign because she DGAF. Uh, <laughs> her best friend is a captain. That's right, and which obviously points to this could be you if you did things right, I mm. guess. Yep. Um, uh, Boim, and you've probably noticed, Andrew, that when there's a lot of Star Trek words I can't pronounce, I can, I, I can I, do. I, I hadn't noticed. Yeah, well, I couldn't. I still am not confident that I'm saying chrysalis right, and Ooh, that gets mentioned in every episode. It does now. Yeah. I think you've nailed it. Yeah, but I, I wanted to say chrysalis for a while. Boimler, is that right? You could call him by his first name, Brad. Brad, I, I can nearly say that. You could probably say Brad. But yeah. Look, yeah, so so Boimler ends up out of phase. Now, I really hoped in this episode that that would meant that he could phase through walls a la mm. the next-gen episode with Roe and... Geordie, oh, yes, it? yes, and no one else could see them. Which I thought, and I think that air, that episode's hilarious mm. because Roe goes straight to, well, we're dead. Mm. We're dead and we're mm -hmm. ghosts. Yep. And Geordie's like, no, this is like literally Star Trek. We're yeah. like, something's happened to us and we're like... We'll be right. Yeah, but, but like <laughs> the fact that she went straight to, we're dead. Yeah. And but was not, wasn't overly bothered by that fact. No, no, she was, she actually was quite at peace with it, wasn't she? Yeah, there was also one thing that made me rage mad about that episode was why didn't they fall through the floors? Right. They, well, could, they could walk through walls and doors and things, but they didn't fall through the floor. When I spin that episode, uh, I'll let you know. It's like intangibility was very selective yeah. in that episode. But, again, I digress. Well, um, I've worked out that if Star Trek makes no more episodes, that I can do this podcast weekly for 18 years. 
So right. sometime in the next 18 years, if I get that Ensign Row Geordie one, I'll let you know and we Done. can do that one. I'm yeah. there. I'm there. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to slate it yeah. like big time. <laughs> now, there's the, the, the third plot in this episode, which I think is one that's very um, undermentioned, basically, is that Tendi creates a synthetic life mm. form, mm-hmm. something that only Noonien Sung has been able to do yeah. and nobody else in Starfleet at the time of Next Gen was able to do this and yet she just casually creates a synthetic and no one's too concerned about that. They're not, are they? Um, although it does go to the... Was it Section 12 or Division 12? Uh, like Division that? 14, Div- I think you'll uh, find. D- Division 14 of um, medical... Uh, the, the opposite of accomplishments, planet... Med- um, medical mistakes. Yeah, I just did, I didn't want to be too mean. To well, they them. were mean to them. <laughs> they were, to be fair. Yeah, so that um the the dog does get treated in that kind of field. So I guess someone's during the episode re- uh, registered them as a genetic mistake, maybe. Given given Am I the, to say that? well, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but I mean, given the history of Star Trek and synth and synths, um, mm. you would have thought that someone, some some doctor from Starfleet, would have turned up in about three seconds and saying that I want to dis- I want to pull this thing apart, and mm. uh, they would have had to have a court case, and Riker would have had to d- prosecute it and turn, yeah. turn off data again. Turn off data again. Yeah, turn t- turn the dog off and on. I'm sad. Yeah, I don't like the fact that the the, the dog was called the dog. The dog. Yeah. The dog. Well, I mentioned that I'm sad because I'm thinking about data being switched off. How about we do a musical sting and I cheer right up? Nice work. All right. Is it worse than Chrysalis? Or is it better than Spark a Mark, Spark a Mark, Spark a Mark? So it's absolutely better than Chrysalis. Well, nobody sang Do Me. <laughs> nobody sang again. It's, it's going to be my go-to <laughs> anytime you mention that episode. There are episodes out there that are worse than Chrysalis, but I haven't done them yet on this no, podcast. No, so. I would agree with that. There are, but it's it's hard to think. There certainly hasn't been any in the um, little bit over 20 episodes we've done so far. Um, it isn't better than Spock Amok. I really enjoyed this episode and would probably give it an 8 out of 10. The thing that it's hard, though, in comparing it to other canon is that Mm. it's shorter. Yeah. So it doesn't have as much meat on it as other episodes do. It it was a lot of fun. Um, And there was a lot of bits when we were watching it together that I was going, was that just... And you were like, yep, it is. Oh, look, I, I find it really hard to rate Lower Decks episodes because they are just packed with easter eggs Mm. and they're so densely packed with it that there's you just end up sort of euphoric half halfway through by oh my god that's Mm. that and that's that Mm. um because i as far as enjoyment goes uh, that's 10 out of 10 yeah that's just 25 fun minutes basically but it was wasn't it is it is it is it that is it a 10 out of 10 episode of star trek i don't think lower decks is trying to beat no that's a good point it's not trying to beat Strange New Worlds as far as being, you know, telling the story or impressing us with the Star Trek virtues and Classic morals. Trekness. Yeah, it's, it's not trying to do that. It's actually showing why that's absurd. It is, and yeah. it, is, it, is, it is absurd, and this is to a large extent what Seth MacFarlane's done on the Orville, mm. is that in an organisation as large as Starfleet, there's going to be some bozos. Yeah. There's yeah. really going to be some people who are just... And and 
Mariner is the perfect example when, you know, in this episode, her her best friend who's a captain from the same class, you can't mm. imagine that she could still be an ensign, actually clocked her with, hang on a minute, you don't want to be you don't want anyone to know that you're good at doing stuff. Mm. Mm. You're loving cruising as an ensign. Yeah. And I must admit I probably would too. Yeah. And you know, essentially in any Star Trek that we've watched, there's only eight characters that do all the work anyway. Yeah. Geordie doesn't delegate the the hard engineering stuff. He does it, you know? Um if if something gets too tricky, does Tom Paris get another helmsman to help? No. No. It's just always the same people. Well, well, in fact, with the episode of Next Gen that we watched recently, last time, of course, it, they, they can get by with Picard <laughs> and Beverly and that's nobody right. else. Yeah, well, they've never needed more than two people well, before. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. right. Yeah. Um, so, look, it's one of those things. But I, I, I just like that because, firstly, I think that Marin is such a is quite a realistic character as a person, given mm. that this is an animation, and this is one of the episodes where you sort of understand the fact that. Like her mother's a captain, or oh, spoiler alert, mm. um, and that she just wants the easy life. Yeah. Now, the the second bit that I do on this part is, if this was your first episode of Star Trek you'd watch, would you go? Would you go again? Would you watch another one? So the only difference, because that's that that was funny. Mm. Funny things happen. You wouldn't have got the Easter eggs. Mm. The, that's right. There's a wonderful Easter egg uh, payback to Encounter at Farpoint. Yes, I mean a that's deep, right. a deep, deep cut that mm-hmm. was. Um, no, I think you would. Yep. And the reason I say that is because my son loves Lower Decks mm, mm. and he doesn't get most of the Easter eggs. But, but it's, it's just it's, fun to watch. It's laugh out loud funny. Yeah. And the characters are funny. Like, it's it's not trying to be funny and failing. It actually is funny. So I think in a sense of, you know, it's, it's a bit like would you watch the next episode of The Simpsons? Mm. I'm not comparing it to The Simpsons in the sense that, you know, it won't have the longevity of it or anything like that. Or maybe the cultural influence. Lower Decks isn't trying to, though. Mm. But I think in the sense that if I watched an episode of Simpsons, would I keep watching? Yes. I'll put this in the same boat. Yes, I'll keep watching. Absolutely. And, I mean, I think it, um, it also it, it, it walks that fine line where it never piss-takes Star Trek. It doesn't mm. poke fun at or, or ridicule. Star Trek. Right. It the the funny things that happen happen because these characters are funny people. Right. It's not making fun of all the mistakes that yeah. have happened in the past that they're, you can't. Yeah. They're, they're either not very good at their job or don't care very much mm. or just a little tiny bit too enthusiastic. Sam Rutherford, I'm talking to you. <laughs> yeah, and that calls back to the actual premise of the Lower Decks episode from Next Gen. There's one guy that's trying to be really strong and impress Riker and everyone else, and the other ones that are just floating by. Just cool. It's just just, just chill. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like I said, I was um, I'm I'm one thing I, I do have I, I can pick apart some of the science in it, and one of them is that I actually don't understand what's wrong with Boimler when he's out of phase. Right. Because once they turn off the annoying noise. He can touch things. He can do his job. He can like. Oh, I think it's just aesthetic. He just glows. He glows. They don't like him, and he he's glows. worried that that will hurt his career aspirations. See, the thing is, if you glowed, you'd be a very useful member of an away team, wouldn't you? Yeah, you wouldn't have to yeah, bring a torch. 
Yeah, you, and, you know, every episode essentially has a cave bit in it. There's always a cave. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, like, that's great. I mean, you, your bunk mates wouldn't be overly happy, obviously. Yeah, and he does have... They are in bunks rather than their mm. own um, space. I think he might be also worried about his ability to attract the um, opposite sex. Ah, uh, well, he, uh, Boimler is always mm. worried about that. But I just thought that there was no actual dis- disadvantage to him in that state. Yeah. That yeah, right. actually... So, it was made, it, was, it wasn't particularly clear. Mm. Well, we got very close then to talking about um, people finding other people attractive. Mm. That's an, a segue to what I like to call... The Riker Medal. Medal. Look, guys, I didn't actually spot myself any romance or anything happening in the this episode of Lower Decks. Were you on the same boat there? Oh, it got close. Boimler and the nurses oh, on the yes. farm. Yes. They were very impressed with him. They were impressed with him and chucked him out within a second of being impressed with him because he didn't have anything wrong Well, that with was him. because reverse 50% Benjamin Button character um, told him <laughs> told them that he was normal. Yeah, and they instantly burned him, big time. Yeah, but before that, they were they were impressed with the uh, with young Brad. They they were. I, I look the way I look at it is the Riker Medal is named in as an homage mm-hmm. to um, William T. Riker. He would have impressed nurses too. <laughs> he he in fact did impress many yeah. nurses, but he wouldn't have been chucked out. He would mm. have stu- he would have they would have kept him. Would he would he have impressed Nurse Chapel? Which one? Ah, <laughs> Australia's next top model, Nurse Chapel. Um, I say no. Yeah, I, she's too sassy. Yeah, I reckon he 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 would have tried. Oh, she, 100% and, and, and tried. she would call it out. You're she trying. Would've, she would have burned him yeah. in two seconds. Yeah, that's yeah. right. No yeah. one, no one clocks people like her. But yeah. uh, I think that I do have a Riker medal. Hmm. Tendy and the dog. They have a beautiful tender moment at the end. I realise that out of context, this is um, hey, she's an alien for goodness sake, but um, <laughs> she's for a start. Tendy's created a synthetic. Yeah, this is yeah. This goes back to the um, short treks one that I did a few weeks back. Um, I could have given a lot of points to all the tribbles that Edward created. Yes, they... and Edward himself. I decided not to because. Think it went beyond my ethical code to right. to give them points, but and also they're born pregnant. We found out too. So they're born. So they're born Rikers. Oh, you could look at it that way too. It's yeah. a, really, a truly scary thing. If if I go to the zenith of that though, there's no way that the medal next year won't be called the triple the medal. triple medal. And if the triple <laughs> Captain Jean-Luc Picard Medal. Jean-Luc Picard Medal. Each week, as long-term listeners would know, we give out a three, two, and one like many sporting organisations do. But we do it for the characters within our Star Trek episodes that we spin. And again, first time we've done Lower Decks, so... Unless the, these characters have been in other Star Treks, there's probably, they're probably not on our scoreboard yet. But... Everyone gets shot. And this week, Andrew's going to give the votes out. So who have you thought about this week? 
So my first vote, one one vote, goes to uh, the character that Fred Tattershaw played in that episode. He was the um, Division 14 officer. Okay, did he have three arms? He was the... the that was the doctor on the... Yeah, no, he was the key, he was the one on the ship, which which had an NX. Yes, it did designation, didn't it? Yes. which was interesting. Taking yeah. them to the farm. Yes. Yeah, I, I boast mostly Ted Tattish, Fred Tattershaw is one of my favourite voice actors. Yep. Uh, he was in Hulk and the Agents of Smash. Um, he also played. Now I'm going to have to click on him because I've forgotten the name of the character. He plays the. Um, he plays the bridge officer who dies earlier in the first season, Lieutenant Shacks. Shacks, yeah, right, same yeah. actor. He's actually one of the busiest voice actors in the whole of the world. He's been right. in a thousand gazillion things, but I like that that character because he changed. So he he played the Jekyll and Hyde. He was so evil at the start. Mm. You thought that there is no farm. You're just being locked up on this ship, and then you, they get to the farm, and he says, oh, "I probably, I probably <laughs> should be on." I could have told you. I suppose that, that was one of the many moments that I laughed at in this episode. Yeah, when yeah, he that was... basically took Brad's idea of let's have a meeting and talk about it, and mm. actually, I should have done that. Yeah. And my next two votes, two and three, are both for the uh, who, the two people who should now be the genius inventors of all of Starfleet right. and should be Im- immediately taken from the Cerritos to Starfleet Command to become super world famous Leah Brahms level. Not, that, of course, not on the farm. Not on the farm. Right. And that has to be Sam Rutherford, who somehow not just created a way of beaming people 0.7 seconds faster... Mm-hmm. But also turning them uh, blue. out of uh, blue glowing. <laughs> now, I mean, if you were going to a party and you wanted to be blue and glowing, done, sorted, like that. And I've got to hope somewhere down there that got edited out, the blue glowing did give you some other mutant power. Right. Like, I know I was complaining before about how it did nothing bad to you, but I'm sure it probably mm. did originally mm. when they had that germ of an idea. The sound it was very loud. Oh, it was very, very annoying. But as soon as that sound was gone, 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 uh, <laughs> gone, but not forgotten. Um, mm. As soon as that, yeah, there was really no issue beyond aesthetics. Yeah. So the three votes then. The three votes I've already mentioned. It's it's Tendy. Tendy. She created a whole new synthetic life form that, whilst it looked like a dog, also, what does it breed lightning and could transform into other things? Freaky things. Because, um, because uh, as an Orion, she didn't know that dogs were just dogs. Yeah, they didn't talk. <laughs> they, didn't all, yeah. they didn't talk and all those yeah. sort of things. Now, again, you know, I mean, we've, we had a whole season of Picard <laughs> based on how the Federation loses its shit when someone can create synthetics. Yes, that's true. And yeah. she's just and created she's just done it. A transforming talking dog. Yeah, that flies away. Yeah, that can fly. Yeah. Nunez and Song couldn't do that. Yeah. I thought you were going to give the dog the votes, to be honest. Look, I was. I was. Yeah. Gonna, that, the, that was my original thought. I was going to give the dog the votes. But yeah. um, I thought, no, I thought I'll give it to Tendi because, A, she's my favourite character. Mm-hmm. I think she's, she's terrifically... So, so deserves to be on the scoreboard. Out, as absolutely does. Uh, and also the fact that it has such... It's one of those things that has such huge implications for the ecosystem that is Star Trek, but mm. that will never be revisited ever again. A lot of Star Trek does that too. Oh, so, it, and, and I yeah. do love it. I yeah. do love it. I think Visit a planet with a new warp technology oh, yeah. that fails and we won't try to fix it or explore it or mention it again beyond here. The, um, the next-gen episode with, had the Federation or the Starfleet ship with the cloaking device that ended up getting them stuck in the middle of an asteroid. Right. You'd still try and fix that. 
the Star Trek episode where they've all got some sort of symbionts living in them that are taking over the whole Federation. Oh, which we will never talk about ever again. That didn't happen. No, we, we will blow a guy's head off mm. with an absolutely powerful... Those, those phases they picked that day were pretty good, weren't they? Were. they? Yeah. Because they were, I, I haven't seen heads explode uh, really in, in Star Trek before. Nothing, of course, beats the Kelvin universe... And Scotty just casually inventing transwarp transport. That's right. Which would instantly obviate the need for starships to exist. Yeah, well, we were talking... Yeah, well, there's that. <laughs> but we, we were talking before, why do we have transporter rooms when you can literally beam anywhere? You can Once site-to-site beaming was a thing, yeah. what's the room do? Now, on, on Next Gen particularly, they talk about transporter room four. Yes. That does imply... There's four. At least. At least. Yes, yeah. correct. What could we do with that? I always felt that that was in case three were, were being like the cleaners were in. Oh, sort, of, okay. sort of hotel room style. Yeah, right, number two is close. Yeah, so someone's, someone's yeah. gone in there turning down the sheets and making sure that the tea and coffee and the little, mm. those, those little sugar sachets they have and yeah. the really tiny little cans of drink in the fridge. Oh, don't, don't. They, they cost too much money. Oh, you can't touch I, them. I've been brought up to know that if you touch anything in a mini bar. Oh, yeah. We're going to have to mortgage the house. No, but I do like the fact that we've just decided that canon is that the transporter rooms have a mini bar. Yes, it's it's established. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is now, which of course would be of no purpose because um, because Rutherford's now made transporting so fast, you don't have time to have your drink. Yeah. Well, we're going to hit the negative votes yet. I wonder if I can find room to squeeze Neelix in this week. <laughs> Keiko O'Brien Medal. Great positive votes there, but um, positive does imply negative. It certainly does. That's yeah. how electricity works, actually. <laughs> and maybe atoms, I guess. Yeah. Thank you. Yes, the neutrons and the protons. And maybe even girls and boys. Should we reverse the polarity of the neutron flow? Oh, I don't know if we've got enough room in the podcast. I've actually thrown a Doctor Who quote into a Star <laughs> Trek podcast. I'm, I'm really a loose cannon at this point. Well, it is unplanned trick. <clears throat> or, point. as we say, unplanned trick. <laughs> I want to point out that I just imagine there has to be a future episode of Lower Decks where Bruce Maddox... Yes. Maddox, the scientist yep. from Starfleet who wanted to dismantle Data. And, and made me upset he, earlier. Yeah, and yep. also featured heavily in the first season mm-hmm. of Picard. That's right. Where he actually... Mentioned. Well, he, Bruce Maddox was there. He, he dies. gets mentioned a lot. You only see him for a little bit. Yeah, but will he? Will he well, Gerardi <laughs> kills him. He, well, spoiler alert. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's a bit harsh. Um, but my, my, what I but I digress. What what I want is I want an episode of, of Lower Decks where Bruce Maddox turns up on the Cerrito, on the Cerrito because he wants the dog. Right. To take the dog because he's realised, ah, okay, I tried it with Data. That was a that was a bit of overreach. Let's get the dog. Because he's actually an officer in Starfleet, but yep. this dog's just a dog. Yeah. And so then they send him off to the farm and he goes off to the farm and he takes the dog and he dismantles the dog. Yeah. Yeah, I could see and, that. And Tendi cracks it and kills him. Yeah. Not hanging, but then he can't be in Picard. Is this set before Picard? Oh, way before. This is next gen era. Oh, okay. So it's between next gen and Picard. Yeah. All right. There's a... Decent gap there. Yeah. Okay, so... so That's Tim, after so, Nemesis, though. So she can't kill him. Yeah. Yeah, so she can't kill him. Uh, she can go to town on him, though. Yeah. Harsh yeah. language. Yeah. Something like that. That'd just be great to see her get Or maybe rage. just thinking really nasty things. I, I do that sometimes. Oh, it really twice. affects people. No, I've got a better one. I've got a better one. No. <laughs> yeah. 
So Maddox kidnaps the dog from the farm. Tandy found, finds out and she mm-hmm. puts together a team of her, Mariner, Beckett um, and um, Boimler and they go on the mission to rescue the dog and that's the episode's plot. We also need Space Salamander and we need the Farpoint Creature. Now, yeah. Alex Kurtzman listens to this podcast Of course every he does. Week. Yeah. So um, I, what kind of figure are we talking for? Ideas of episodes that actually get on air. Oh, this is seven figures at least. Yeah, yeah. I so, mm. yeah, that, that's a genius episode. I've just, I mean, seriously, I've just laid out that that yeah, would that'd be that. a fun episode. That would be better than Chrysalis. Oh wow, <laughs> it's a low bar you set for me, and I'm glad I stepped over it. Well, um, Alex, send us a tw- send us a DM, mm. I don't, and I'll give you my bank details directly. Twitter's very safe. It's probably easier. Oh, of course yeah, it is. Yeah. No one ever. Yeah. So, so what? Are, you've got the votes for the for the three worst. I do. <laughs> We're going to actually do this segment. Okay. Might as well. So, um, one vote. The space salamander. See, I'm I'm thinking that that's one I left out of you know the positive the votes. positive yeah. stuff. Look, if I had the positive votes, he might have got positive votes. I've got a really disturbing thing. Is that space salamander the offspring? Yes, it has to be. So that's Janeway and Paris's child. Or grandchild or great-grandchild. I don't know how long salamanders live or what their reproductive habits are. The reason I'm giving it one vote, Mm. I don't want you just turning up in the episode. I want Uh, you to be central in it. The salamander should have had one line. Are you my mummy? Or just mummy. (laughs) (laughs) So I wanted more from Space Salamander. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Lazy writing. Um, And in the same vein, two votes goes to Farpoint Creature. Oh, I loved Farpoint Creature at the end. I, I did too. And I was like, what? It's here. <laughs> we see it again. Now, in Farpoint, there was two of them. Yes. Because they, they mated at the end. That's true. Rock and metal. Truly disturbing. <laughs> Rock and metal. Is this a third one? This could be Offspring. Oh, it could be Offspring. Because mm. I was going to say maybe Menage a Trois of... Um, mm. Menage a Troy of, um, <laughs> of, of, of Space Farpoint yeah. Octopus creatures. Well, we, yeah, we don't know. We don't know. Maybe they have no. three genders. Yeah, but you know what? Again, this is why it's getting votes. We need to know these things. Yeah, okay. You're, yeah. you're putting it. Look, um, people, just tweet us. Mm. Tweet us at Unplanned Trek about what's going on with the Farpoint space squids. Yeah, how do they reproduce? Like, we know that the, the Klingons have two. That's mm. been established in canon. It has. Um, and... Um, but we don't know about Farpoint creatures. No, I mean, they clearly have love because there was great love in that episode because Troy sensed. She sensed <laughs> she actually it. sensed it, yeah. That was her, uh, that was international, that was inter- intergalactic cheerleader uniform, wasn't it, back then? It was. Yeah. Um, and probably started her abilities to be able to sense things without being able to give you more than that. It was also, it was also that period before, for Marina Sirtis obviously told the showrunners, I'm not putting on that stupid accent anymore. Did that happen? Actually, well, it took seven years. Yeah, yeah. There's a few episodes in the final season where she's almost, almost just sounds like herself. And then when the movie started, she clearly was like, screw that. Yeah. I'm just going to go full on London. I did read recently that they threatened to write her out of the movies and replace her with seven. Oh, that would have been... When they were doing negotiations for contracts. That's been talked about recently. Really? Yeah, worth a read. Um, and particularly because Troy was actually quite central in quite of the in, in the movies. As Absolutely, well. yeah, that would have been completely different. But three votes, okay, three votes, Brad Boimler. Just because he's Boimler, he is so annoying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he yeah. tries so hard, and he is so blue. And he, that sound effect that he has for the first 
act of the episode is very loud and very annoying. I love the fact that they acknowledged that that was a sound effect that the rest of the characters could hear. Mm. It wasn't, you know, so often in, in sci-fi, n- sounds and noise are used to indicate to the audience mm. a thing is happening. You know, the whole the hum on the Enterprise mm. changes when they're in warp, little things yep. like that. Yep. Um, but this is like, you know, the, um, the uh, Sam walks in and, presses his little tricorder and the noise stops and everyone's yeah. like, oh, thank goodness for yeah, that. Yeah, yes, true. <laughs> I just love that. And then they're all like, okay, we'll fix the other thing later. The noise was really annoying. Yeah. Um, Boimler, funny story. Did you see about how um, uh, Jack Quaid is in The Boys, the TV series? Yes, yeah. Which, if you are not watching The Boys, Amazon Prime, people, season three starts tomorrow. Well, tomorrow in our time when we're recording this, which is probably a 100 years ago by the yeah. time we get this up. <laughs> Uploads do take a while. <laughs> but I, I, I actually think that um, Jack Quaid is fast becoming one of my favourite genre actors. Terrific. Because he's so good at playing the character who is himself not funny, but who is in the midst of absurd events. Right. So playing a, like a quite a straight kind of character. Mm. While funny things are happening. And also yeah. a character who is clearly way out of his depth. Right. And if you've watched The Boys, you'll understand that. So yeah. I think a shout-out to Jack Quaid. But you're right. I think the problem with with our voting with our voting system you have here mm. is if we ever watch another episode of Lower Decks, how is Boimler not also going to get the three bad votes again? Yeah, well, that's... He's written to win them. Yeah, and so is Neelix. Yep. Yeah, Neelix usually fo- features predominantly in this and... Um, you know, Rom, if he's in an episode. Yeah, I never really... I've never warned to him. No, never um, did myself. Yeah, but the other thing is when I'm doing this as well, I'm trying not to take into consideration that they're annoying, they might be annoying overall. Like, if I'm watching an episode and it's got Neelix in it, he has to be annoying that week. It can't be that, hey, you've been annoying for, the, for seven years, therefore I'm giving you votes. There's a distinction here is that there's annoying to us as the audience mm-hmm. and there's annoying to the other characters. Case in point, Lieutenant Barkley. Right. Barkley was yeah. a fan favourite. Yes. At every episode he appeared. And had no friends. But he was incredibly annoying to the rest of his colleagues on the ship. Yeah. So I guess I'm doing this from the fan perspective. Right. Because, good, good. because you can't possibly, because there's no way that Howling Mad Murdoch is going to ever get three negative votes from, right. from any show that I'm and that, on. And that's in the contract. It is absolutely. <laughs> it is. If you've been in the A team, you are instantly you've got you've got um, what do they call it? Um, immunity. Immunity from negative votes. Wow, we've got yeah. Survivor. Now I don't think Mr. T's been in an episode of Star Trek ever. But f- firstly, um, hello guys, he should. Mm. Really, Terry Metalis, if you're listening to this, he um, does. I will get yeah. <laughs> get Mr. T. He's not busy at the moment. Okay, I can guarantee he'll find a time in his schedule. Yeah, well, they found time for the Rock. They found time for Jason Alexander. See, this is the thing. How did they find time for The Rock and not Mr. T? I think there's a, I think there's a real problem there. Yeah, Alex Kurtzman, get it sorted. Do that. The best line of the episode. Like last time that I had you on for our Strange New Worlds episode... I've got multiple contenders for line of the episode. Okay. So very early on, um, the character, I, can't, I forget her name because I, I haven't watched it much. It's Mariner. Yeah. She says, you're just excited to kiss a brand new butt. 
when they talk about the new captain and um, crew coming on board. But that's so summed up Boimler. Yes, it does, that's doesn't so it? so perfectly, yeah. because he was. He was literally... That's was, true. Someone it's else I can true. suck up to. Yeah. The, the other line I liked was um, when we're on that ship going to the, the farm, um, when one of the characters says, to, um, says, we have two of everything, well, nearly everything. And you're thinking that's a shout-out to Klingons, perhaps? Absolutely. Right. <laughs> now, look, for those of us who don't know what we're talking about here, I'm not going to get explicitly into it, but... The internet is full of this, though. So fi- the Klingons have two dicks. They do. Final episode, Star Trek Discovery, Season 1, the only way that's made canon is a Klingon having a Wii up against a wall in an alley, and there are two streams. And unlike in Ghostbusters, he did not cross the screams. Right. Did I just say screams? He crossed the screams. It may be a little bit of column A, a bit of column B. Okay, um, I'm going to say now, I'm going to repeat that. He crossed the streams, and look, I can't. we can't be bothered cutting that bit out, so could you all just rewind that and skip the bit where I said screams? Because why should I have to edit this show? It's That's not even mine. It's yours. Thank you. Yeah, and I wouldn't make you do it because it's too much work. Yeah, well... That's that's right. That's software. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. So, okay, um, I think that it. This is my bias. Mm-hmm. There, it has to be the first one. It has to be Boimler because I mean they actually made an entire episode when he ends up on Riker's ship. Yes, like yep. it, that's in this season. The, too, isn't yeah, it? the yeah. entire episode is about Boimler's obsession with sucking up to superiors. Yeah, no, no, that's that's fair. When you said that. Um, You've got a bias here. I was wondering where you were going. Oh, right. <laughs> Had I gone with the other option? Yeah, exactly. Because I, 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 I really hope for greater things with my mm, life. Yeah. Development-wise. Well, I go to the gym a lot. Well, no, I don't. I'm I've sure never been to a gym. I'm, yeah, I've heard of a gym. Mm, yeah. 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 Well, um, what's a good way that we can pick a random episode for next week? Oh, gosh. Should we, could, could we utilise my cat? Over there. <laughs> yeah. So maybe like like they get those animals to pick the election. Yes. Where they yes. get like the octopus. Or who will win the World two, Cup. Or the World that. Cup, yeah. that type of thing. Yeah. Maybe Thomas Wayne. Could you... Um, oh, it's, he's moving. Did someone, part of his body actually move? Did I, he acknowledge our existence? Um, no. But oh, hang on. He sat up then. He's No, he's moved his head slightly. There's a whole list of episodes in front of Thomas Wayne. And he's rested his left paw on... On. He has actually moved the left paw. What's it on? <laughs> Um, Dr. Bashir, Bashir, I presume. Our man Bashir or... Our man Bashir. Our man Bashir. Yeah. So we're going to watch that this week. Now that's, that's considered to be one of the better DS9 episodes, isn't it? I'm not sure if it's that one or other ones, because there's, there's more than one time where he's the James Bond character. The Bond character, yes. Yeah, um... This might be the introduction to it. I'm not sure. I think it is. Yeah. I think I could be wrong there. Again, DS9, my least experienced Trek. Mm. Um, but look, if it's a Julian episode, you know that gives me great joy. It will be. There will be much, much slating I'll, of his I'll ridiculous even character. I call it a Julian Garrick episode. Oh, they were the best. Yeah, they were a great couple. It is Pride Month. Yeah, it is. <laughs> well, it was when we recorded <laughs> when this. When we recorded this. <laughs> Every month's Pride Month. Well, um, it, is, it is now, basically. Yeah. So, um, what did I call it? I'm not sure if I read it right. Our man Bashir. Our man Bashir. So we're going to watch that. Um, and join us next week for another episode of Unplanned Trek. It's just not what you'd expect. That's because it's Unplanned Trek. 
Sometimes